0: Hello everyone, you are listening to the monthly version of the Healthy Choices podcast and today we will be chatting about mental health awareness. According to a recent study, 1 in 4 South African employees suffer from depression. How does depression impact one's life and what effect does it have on families, the workplace, communities and the South African economy? As we mentioned in our previous podcast talking about suicide prevention we know that untreated depression can be a leading cause of suicide. We also know that more men are at risk of dying from suicide than women in a country that has about 23 suicides and 230 attempts every day. That is almost one suicide for every hour of the day. For every one female suicide there are over four men committing suicide. It is World Mental Health Day on the 10th of October. And due to the shame and fear so many men feel when it comes to dealing with mental health issues, we will be focusing on men and depression to help break down the walls of stigma and encourage men to seek support. Depression amongst men is common and often goes untreated and undiagnosed as stigma plays a major role in deterring men in seeking help. To raise awareness and to join me in our conversation on men and depression, I would like to welcome Richard Hawkey. He's a husband, a father, businessman, applied psychologist, author of Life Less Lived, founder of Hello Foster, and an advocate for mental health. Richard, thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: You have been involved in the mental health industry for several years. Tell us a little bit about how you got into this business.
1: Um, so I got into this business through experience and an experience that I wasn't anticipating having. Uh, I was working in the corporate world, uh, and I suffered a stress-related burnout, um, something that I didn't know about, uh, and it progressed into a severe clinical depression. So I went from a state of being a a highly functioning individual, fairly grumpy most of the time, um, exhausted, and we'll probably go through a few more of those uh, symptoms later on, uh, but still managing to to uh, achieve things on a daily basis and I went from being that person to literally not being able to function, not being able to get out of bed, drive a car, buy a loaf of bread from the shops uh, within the space of about 10 days. So um, for me it was, uh, it was a very personal thing that happened that might sound like a silly thing to say. Uh, but I was very really shocked that I didn't know about this uh, I didn't know I knew that stress is bad for you I knew that you know you've got to look after yourself um, but I didn't understand that it can have consequences other than you know high blood pressure and heart attacks which are the ones I think you know get a lot of a lot of airtime. Um, and you know I was also horribly ignorant about things like depression um, why would someone like me get depressed you know I'm happily married I've had a good job, house in the suburbs, all the sort of things that tells us life is supposed to be good. So why on earth would I get depressed? So I wanted to learn more um, because I hadn't been taught about this and if I was in a position in an organisation of uh, being responsible for other people who reported to me, um, how on earth am I? was I allowed to be in a position of leadership? Where I couldn't even look after myself, so I think that that's what spurred me to to get involved, is to learn learn more about this, um, not only from a personal perspective, because there is there is extraordinary personal um, distress uh, that is involved, uh, but also from an organisational perspective to understand well, you know, th- th- this is not a soft issue. Um, I actually don't, I really don't like that term soft issue. We talk about, and we talk about soft skills in organizations. Um, I think anything that impacts the ability of your most valuable assets, your human assets, because uh, all companies tell us that their human, their employees are their most valuable assets. Um, Anything that impacts the health and the ability of them to be uh, productive, creative, engaged um, is a bottom line issue. So that was, the, that was my impetus for, for really getting involved.
0: So take us through, you, you mentioned a few things that I want to discuss, um, burnout being one of them, but take us through your first initial steps. Once you've obviously realized what you were going through, you identified it, what did you do then? Did you go speak to a GP, was mm. it a psychologist? Take mm. us through that.
1: Mm. So I was very fortunate in that um, I had a very good support system around me, so my, my wife recognized that um, the, the level of exhaustion that I had, the common, some of the symptoms that I was displaying weren't, they, you know, they were, they were more than just a common cold or, or just, you know, having a rough week at work and being a bit tired. Yeah. And she actually said, look, you need to go and see a doctor. So I did go and see a GP. Um, and uh, that GP explained, you know, this is probably what's happened. You burn, you're burning out mm-hmm. or you have burnt out and you're slipping into a clinical depression, which initially was something I kind of resisted because, as I said, it's, it's not the kind of thing that I... I knew anything about it. I was ignorant and arrogant about it, um, but uh, I do believe in um, Western medicine. Um, not solely, uh, but I do believe that it you know, it has a role to play. Um, I've been a lifelong asthmatic as well, so I do understand that taking medication has a beneficial impact. Yeah. I'm not suggesting it is the only thing we need to do. Mm-hmm. So um, I was uh, recommended to go on to some medication. Um, it was explained very briefly to me about the, the sort of um, cocktail of chemicals that our brain that float around our brain and um, how they do and don't function and how this can uh, maybe be linked to, uh, to depression and how the medication works. Uh, so I started taking medication. Unfortunately, I experienced uh, a lot of the, the negative side effects and none of the benefits. Uh, and it was after probably a few weeks of dealing with that um, that I actually eventually then went and saw a psychiatrist and again, for me it was uh, it was quite a step to to get over that my own mental stereotype of what a psychiatrist meant um, and, and at that point in time, I started yes getting the the, the correct specialist treatment. Um, And following that, I engaged in a type of therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, to help me understand how I may have been responsible for much of my own stress, in terms of the way I viewed the world, in terms of the way I wanted to control things, be a perfectionist, be time urgent about this. And I know many of the listeners will be going, oh my goodness, that's me. Um, well, yes, you know a lot of us are like that, and it's not all bad news. You know, we get stuff done. Mm-hmm. The unfortunate thing is, if you are that kind of personality type, you often get things done at the cost of yourself and and the cost of those around you. Um, so, cognitive behavioural therapy helped understand, helped me understand myself better, and helped me understand how I could change how I view things and ultimately how that impacted my behaviours. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, I made some some lifestyle changes as well. You know, I started exercising more, I cut down on caffeine, I concentrated more on what I was eating, um, I started to do some mindfulness meditation, so I, I, I took quite a holistic view of things, um, and I think for me it was quite an easy decision to make, because uh, while I was going through the worst parts of the depression, um, I got to a very dark place where uh, I was never actively suicidal, so I'm very fortunate for that, but I I certainly reached a point where I understood why people who seemingly have everything going for them, why someone would take their life. When I could no longer feel any positive emotions, I could no longer feel any love for my family, um, I could no longer take any pleasure from any smells or tastes or Textures or, or, or anything around me, the you know, the world was just various shades of grey. Um, it, it's, 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 it was understandable for me why people do take their lives. And so, for me, in terms of addressing that, uh, I kind of, I suppose, applied my um, type A personality to all the different types of treatment to make sure that I, you know, I, I tried to recover as best I could and to try and manage that going forwards.
0: So we did mention um, at the beginning of the podcast that undiagnosed and untreated depression is one of the leading causes to suicide. Do you think if you didn't take that stance um, in healing yourself, you would have had a different outcome?
1: So, I mean, it's, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. 20 I really don't know, I mean, I've been fortunate enough to go back and study as well um, and, and learn more, more about psychology and more, and more about mental health, mental um, disorders. So uh, academia certainly says yes, and clinical research certainly says yes. Uh, I think there were a number of factors for me that were very important. Is yes getting hold of the, the right medical uh, treatment, um, having a support system around me, I'm very fortunate for that and I do understand you know that's not the same for many people Um, so it is necessary to find that somewhere else and there are many organizations where you can find some kind of psychosocial support Um, but it was also I think it it was that desire to do something about it Um, and and I think uh, I'd gone past the point of caring what. Uh, society would think of me, uh, I, I, I was past that point mm. um, and it was really very much about self-preservation and, and wanting to make sure I never went back to that very, very dark place.
0: So again, you, you touch on a few things that I want to talk about, again I, I want to just um, follow up on, you mentioned burnout and now we hear burnout thrown in headlines and in conversations but It sounds like just a very fancy word what does it actually mean
1: so interestingly the World Health Organization has now actually classified burnout as an organizational condition um, not as a medical condition yes it it, it, I mean some of that is semantics it it is it does manifest itself Mm -hmm. in medical um, symptoms so uh, but it is brought about by excess pressure and stress and inability to cope in the workplace Mm -hmm. uh, which unfortunately is a um, increasing nature of the sort of urban westernized work environment and the crazy crazy lives that we lead Mm. so um, you know it's extreme exhaustion uh, the the disassociation Mm. the lack of engagement the lack of enjoyment in things, the lack of creativity, the lack of uh, reduced productivity, which unfortunately all those things tend to then compound Mm -hmm. the stress that gets put on you. Um, So that in a nutshell is what burnout is, it it, it mimics many of the symptoms of depression Mm -hmm. and very generally um, it's not something that gets better by itself. Mm -hmm. Uh, It needs some form of intervention either by the individual themselves or, or some kind of medical intervention to do something about it. Yeah. And there is lots that can be done about it. That's the great thing.
0: Mm. I'm fascinated that you took the stance that you know when you were going through your depression, um, you weren't too bothered about what society thought about you and you, you did what you had to do. However, for many other people, um, especially when it comes to mental health, there is this massive stigma mm-hmm. um, that in... It inhibits people from seeking help, yeah. from getting the treatment, from talking about it. Um, why is it so bad in South Africa? But then again, we are focusing on men and depression. It has a special touch on men in particular. Mm-hmm.
1: So I think you know that there's a lot of socialization around um, how men are supposed to behave. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it's not just in South mm-hmm. Africa. Yes, I mean, there is quite a, a patriarchal... Uh, Led society, and and this kind of cuts across cultures as well. You know, the the man is the is the strong one. The man is the, and I'm using sort of inverted commas here. You know, the man is the is the is is the hairy chested hunter. Um, And and again, you know, socially we have different ways of dealing with Mm. our um, disquiet when we're not feeling happy, when we're feeling upset or whatever. You know, there's almost a social acceptance that. Um, it 's okay for a man to be a little bit grumpy and maybe a man to be a little bit aggressive and violent um, whereas it 's not okay for a woman to do that it 's more okay for a woman to to be weepy to you know to huddle together with her friends, have a bit of a cry, have some coffee, talk about it and, and men don 't do that um, it 's also a little bit societally or socially more acceptable for many men to to self medicate so you know oh i 've had a rough day at work rough week leo let 's go out and and have a few beers with the boys, or you know, let's come home after a rough day at work. I just, you know, need a few a few drinks just to calm down, and um, and that is 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 the sort of the socialisation that we've been we've grown up with to say, you know, when you fall down and graze your knee, or don't cry, and, you know, all those kinds of things. And I mean, that sound might sound like a a silly example, but those um, social stereotypes are reinforced throughout throughout our upbringing so whether we consciously think about it or not that there is this role that men are supposed to play yes it is changing um, and I think in some societies it's changing faster than others uh, I'm not sh- so sure that you know South Africa is perhaps uh, the same as maybe some of the Scandinavian countries for example um, but there is very definitely still that, that view that the man, you know, needs to be strong and what strong means. Strong means does not show, means showing those kinds of emotions.
0: Yeah. Um, So you did touch on some of the signs um, and symptoms of uh, burnout. Now, and you did mention that it's very similar to depression. So when we are talking about specifically signs Mm -hmm. and symptoms of depression, are they very similar between men and women or is it a the same across the board?
1: No, uh, and again, um, I mean yes and no, which is a, not, a, not a helpful answer. There, there is a sort of a common basket of symptoms, um, physical, cognitive, so you know, how we think, and as, as well as emotional and behavioural symptoms. Um, but we don't all experience the same one, so I don't know, maybe it'll be helpful if I just list a whole load um, and, and for those listeners out there who recognise some of them, just because you recognise some of them doesn't necessarily mean you are you have a clinical depression. You need to understand that if these symptoms you're experiencing are impacting your life to the ability where you can't function fully at work and function in your relationships, it's at that point in time you really do need to go and seek medical help. Yeah. Um, I mean, some of the really common ones are, are, are obviously a, a, um, a sense of sadness, a sense of lack of enjoyment in things. Um, things you used to do that you know used to give you a sense of pleasure and enjoyment no longer do. Um, there are very often sleeping disorders that come along with it. So either the need to um, feel like you need to sleep all the time, or you wake up in the middle of the night, struggle to get back to sleep, um, but you're you, you're chronically fatigued. You're exhausted all the time, which unfortunately mm. we can um, we can explain away because hey, we're all living these busy lives, mm. hey. So it's not it's natural that we're tired all the time. Yeah. Well, actually, it isn't. Uh, we just get used to these things. Mm. Um, there can be appetite disruptions. So a lot of people, as they slip into depression, um, will actually because of the, the, the lack of desire, the lack of enjoyment out of eating things, that the, the appetite can either completely reduce and be associated with a, quite a rapid loss of weight, or, cons- or consequently it can also be, um, you can gain a lot of weight because you start to crave a lot of fatty sweet foods.
0: Comfort eating. Comfort eating, yes.
1: Again, so again, you know, once or twice, you know, we do these things that does not necessarily make a passion. It's when we start to recognize the patterns. Um, There can Mm -hmm. be a lot of anger involved here as well. So uh, psychologists call it emotional dysregulation. So the inability to express or experience a relevant emotion for a relevant situation. So, you know getting extraordinarily angry over a very small incident, um, becoming extraordinarily tearful over something that is not such a you know a big deal that you wouldn't have usually cried yeah. about those are some of the some some of the signs um, Sexual desire is another one that you know. Again, a lot of people don't want to talk about mm-hmm. because of you know the nature of um, of intimacy. Um, but certainly, a reduction in one's normal sexual desire, um, and from a male perspective, it, it may go you know it goes beyond the um, the necessary desire, but also the inability to form. So, erectile dysfunction can can start to creep in.
0: Um,
1: so, so those are some of the broad broad symptoms
0: so it just sounds like it's it's quite a drastic change in your normal behavior yes yeah. yes
1: and i mean and and it, and it may happen slowly over time and you get used to a lot of these things or it may happen quite rapidly where you go from yeah being quite tired and a bit grumpy and you know yes you're not doing as much exercise and you're not going out to to see your friends at the weekend like you used to because hey, you're tired and then it may fall off a cliff very, very rapidly where, where the symptoms become overwhelming.
0: Yeah. So the common practice when someone gets the sniffles or the flu or you know, a sore throat is, we'll see how it goes for, f- for a few days or a few weeks and then only we'll, we'll see a doctor for it. Mm. Um, because we, we kind of want to deal with these things ourselves how does it work for depression? You come across some of, you identify with some of these signs and symptoms of depression. Okay, this sounds like me. I may have a bit of depression or um, it's obvious because I'm going through a bit of a break, I'm going through a breakup or I'm having issues in my marriage. It will pass over time. How important is it to actually speak to someone or get help for something for some of those symptoms that you are talking about, um, is it quite serious um, or is it something that you can just sort of, sort of let go by?
1: So uh, again, I would say no. Um, if The rule of thumb is, is understanding how much it's impacting your ability to function on a daily basis and how much joy you're still managing and, and to experience in life and, and live life to the full. Yes, there, I mean, there is a difference between trauma um, and a difference between grief um, and depression. So it is completely and utterly normal in inverted commas to experience trauma and grief. You know, during a breakup of a relationship or the death of a loved one, or, or some traumatic event that's happened. Absolutely, that is. That doesn't mean you are depressed. Um, and with the right kind of support, and the acknowledgement that something extraordinary is going on in your life, um, that can pass. I think the keys here are being aware of it, so being that having that self-awareness and admitting it and saying, look, something is going on, I don't like the way I'm feeling, um, I'm going to do something about it. So, again, in, in um, situations of grief, Uh, when we lose a loved one or break up a relationship again those are quite sort of societally well understood Mm. so to be able to go and talk to someone to be able to cry about losing a loved one is more accepted um, and part of that process Mm. whereas if if you don't know what is causing it that that is when we tend to sort of go internal Mm. and we and we tend not to do anything about it the the horrible thing will a doctor once said to me that if depression was a virus, it would be the perfect virus because it feeds on itself. So the more negative you feel and the more of these symptoms you experience, the more negative you feel, the more negative you experience, and, and so it's spir- and it can spiral down very rapidly. So quite often, um, if you don't have that self-awareness, if you don't have that desire to do something about it, Um, it often doesn't get better by itself. It it kind of escalates negatively over time. So always is the right time to have a talk to someone. If you're not sure, have a talk to someone. Yeah,
0: correct. And it can be anybody. It doesn't have to be a professional at this time and moment. It can be a loved one, it can be a colleague, your boss, as long as it is somebody you're speaking to.
1: Absolutely. And, And again, through the help of podcasts like this, more and more people are becoming aware of these things um, and the prevalence is so high that while um, they might not pati- understand your particular set of circumstances, the chances are that you know they've heard about this um, and there are a lot of other people going through it. So it is, it is never a good time to stay silent, it's always a good time to, t- to speak to someone about it. Yeah.
0: So I have a feeling of what you're going to say, but I'm going to ask you anyway. If you had one message um, for Mental Health Awareness Day, what would it be?
1: So very briefly, we all have mental health, Mm -hmm. Um, just like we all have physical health. And I know that's not a a very original comment. Um, We need to take care of our mental health. Our mental health can be good and it can be bad and it can fluctuate Mm -hmm. in between. Acknowledge that. We on, our mental health and our physical health are not separate from each other They're in, we're an integrated whole um, be kind to yourself you owe it to yourself and those around you speak up if you don't like the way you're feeling chances are there's a lot that can be done about it you just need to speak to someone about it and, and, and take care of yourself taking care of yourself is not a selfish thing to do taking care of yourself is a very selfless thing because it allows you Carry on giving to your family, to your organization, to the society around you. So, speak to someone.
0: Thank you so much. Wonderful message. Thank you very much. Thank you, uh, Richard, for talking about this fascinating topic with us. Um, We have run out of time and we could keep talking about this if if we had the opportunity. Um, We most likely will have another segment um, sometime towards the end of the year. So, um, stay tuned and keep listening. Thank you.